This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tasting. We're super excited to be back uh, with you guys this week after being on the Straight Cut podcast last week. That was so much fun, wasn't it, Dad? Oh, it was. Yeah. I didn't realize how much fun that'd be, but you know, cocktails are fun. And then if you like cigars and you pair a cigar with your cocktail, that's double fun. Yeah. And if you were wondering where we were last week, you know, we didn't put out a, a podcast on our platform. Uh, we were over on the straight cut. So you can check that out. We did cocktails. Uh, what was the cocktail you did, Dad? Blood and sand. Blood and sand. That's right. And I did a rum Negroni or a three, four, six Negroni. My uh, blood and sand was pretty traditional, except I doubled the scotch. Well, you know, that's how an alcohol does. That, that's what you all do. I didn't want it to be too sweet, right. but it's still a sweet drink. Yeah, it's a really good cocktail. So this week we are doing beer and we're doing probably one of my favorite styles of beer. Yeah, we're doing uh, milk stouts. Oh, I love, I love milk stouts. Yeah, and I, I picked up duck, rabbit, milk stout when I was in North Carolina on my trip the, a couple weeks back. And uh, Josh, what do you have? I have the left-hand milk stout, and it's their nitro version of it. So and I'm a- real excited. It just really got to town here in Little Rock maybe two months ago. Yeah, two or three months ago, left-hand finally hit Little Rock. And I mean, we have been waiting for a long time. So what are, what are your snacks this week, Dad? Oh, my snack. I have some really good snacks. We're not going to start with Oreos, but I have Oreos. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're the Magna stuff. And then I have my own personal style of ribs. It's a Kansas City style. We kind of talked about that on our podcast with the Straight Cut, how we do it. And then I have Trader Joe's Steak and Stout Pies. I've never had that before, so but good. that seemed like that might work as a pairing. What yeah. do you have, Josh? So I've got some... Spicy chicken stir fry. I have a braised, a sous vide braised lamb shank with a tomato balsamic reduction. I have some salted chocolate oatmeal cookie. Oatmeal cookies? Yeah. Stout? Are you sure? Well, the chocolate and the salt, I think, is what's going to go really well. Oh, okay. Okay. So during our wine podcast, we did a blind because we don't do a blind during cocktails. What did I say it was? You said Italian. That's and right. I thought it was. I think you thought it was uh, Chianti. Is that what you said? I don't remember. I have to go back. It may have been. No, yeah. I think I called it Cool Climate Cab from America. Maybe so, but I remember Italian especially because I was trying to help you out. At one point, I, you said French, and at one point, you said, No, it's not French. And I said, <laughs> Oh, Josh, are, uh, aren't you sure? Are you sure? So, what was it, Dad? It is French. <laughs> of course. And it's uh, a Bordeaux from. France. It's a 2018 Chateau Le Cordray. Mm-hmm. It was really good. In fact, I couldn't find it after the podcast. Then I realized you took it home. Yeah, you told me I could take it home. Oh, that's right. I did. <laughs> okay, that's right. I think the price point on this, if I'm not mistaken, was like $15. Yeah, it's in the $15 to $20 range. It's a really solid bottle. Yeah, you can't, you hardly can't get any better than that. Fifteen dollars, yeah. and it was not on sale when I bought it. So if it had been Wine Wednesday, you'd probably got it for twelve to thirteen. Yeah, so definitely. So it was a great bottle, and I am foiled on the wine once again. So yeah, let's move go. on to some beer. So we're gonna start with my beer once again. It's the Left Hand Milked Out on Nitro. So it's uh, it's a glorious beer. 
So if, if you're not familiar with a nitro, I'm talking to the listeners now because I know Josh is, when you pour a nitro beer, and it could be a Guinness that has uh, that you get at the bar that's in, infused with the nitrogen instead of the CO2, or you can get those cans, and that's what this is, a left-hand nitro milked out. What happens is when you pour that beer, it starts effervescing, and it starts out brown at the bottom, and it's, it's just like a, a wonderful view of this beer being alive and effervescing up through the top. And then when it gets to the top, you know, you have that little brown uh, light foam. So it's, it's fun to watch it just when you pour it. Yeah. So uh, I took a video of it, and I'll definitely be putting it up on our Instagram page. Oh, good during, idea. I didn't know you did that. During the, uh, during the week. This beer is, is so good, and I have kind of a history with this beer. This beer was exactly the first milk stout I ever had. Okay. And okay. you remember in 2017 when we went to Copper, when we went to yeah, Copper Mountain yeah. for Christmas? That was when we bought it, and it was the first time oh, I ever yeah. had it. And it was, I think I'd had it before, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you'd made, you'd made had it with Marie or something. Or no, it was 2013 when we were there. But oh, seven, that was 13, was yeah. a long time ago. And but, I made friends with Santa Claus that night. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You and Mom <laughs> did shots with Santa that year. So, yeah. I may have to put that picture up on the Instagram, well, too. Well, I bought him a whiskey. He was happy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool story. But So let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into the beer a little bit. Uh, what are you smelling on it, Dad? Well, I'm just picking it up. You know, I get I get a little bit of uh, chocolate. Yeah, I'm not sure if I get any caramel or not. I'm still nosing it a little bit. Yeah, so I get like chocolate and a creamy, uh, almost like a good cappuccino or like some sipping chocolate. You know, like really, really high end hot chocolate. And that's the other thing about the milk stouts. You can call it a creamy or a cream stout, and a lot of times that's the same thing. Now, there's a way to make it creamy without using the lactose or milk sugar. Yeah, so Dad, let's, let's talk about that for a second. As the beer maker, what makes a milk stout a milk stout? Or what makes it different than just a regular stout? See, Josh, I've, I've never, as a home brewer, made a milk stout. But what I understand is you have the lactose sugar. What happens is the yeast that you use for beer does not ferment that milk sugar. You know, yeast loves sugar. But for some reason, it, it must not like the milk sugar. So what happens is you end up with a beer that has that sweet milk sugar flavor still in the beer. Yeah, and so I was when I was kind of doing my research on it, it says, it was talking about how just like for people who are lactose intolerant, who can't digest beer or can't digest milk, um, traditional beer yeast are the same way. They can't, di- they can't digest those uh, milk the lactic sugars, so rather than them eating it, converting it to carbon dioxide, they just kind of eat it and it continues to go out of them. So that well, keeps I read, that. I read two different kind of things. I read two different things. One thing said, if you're lactose intolerant, you can still drink milk stout. Hmm. Okay. Because of the small amount of the milk sugar. But then another thing I read said, no, 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 you better not. <laughs> So yeah, and it's probably it's probably some on your own personal exactly how you deal with your lactose intolerance and how your allergy presents itself because you know I know people who are lactose intolerant that will still like eat ice cream and just deal with the ramifications of yeah, it. Okay. okay, it doesn't make I, them like anaphylactic. They don't have an anaphylactic reaction to it. No, so it's kind of just it shop. probably depends on how you how you actually present 
and how your body takes that. And I actually have a friend who can, uh, they can't have raw milk or any, any milk that's raw, but if it's cooked, like oh. if it's put into a dish and cooked, okay. that protein that's in the milk that they're allergic to, so it's not the sugar, it's an actual protein, breaks down, and so they can have it. So if you know those kind of things about your allergy, don't, I mean, go ahead and, you know, take a taste of somebody else's, you know, guzzle <laughs> right. it down, yeah. but and then see how your body reacts to it. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so you use, the, you use la- milk or lactose sugar to, in the beer to give it that flavor. And so do you still add other, you have to add other sugars. Or oh yeah, you yeah. have to oh, from you have the, malt, to have, the malt. Yeah, you have to have the malt. That's where the the yeast the yeast is eating the malt sugars. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So. All right. Well, uh, I saw you take a couple tips of it. What are you tasting? I'm taking. I'm tasting. You know, it's a mouthfeel thing, but I'm tasting that creaminess that we just talked about. And yes, I'm I'm tasting some of that little bit of milky taste, but a lot of that chocolatey taste. It's like it's like liquid milk chocolate. Well, like carbonated liquid milk chocolate to me. That's some people could describe it. it as a milkshake. Yeah, I can totally see chocolate that. milkshake. Yeah, if you've never had a beer on nitro, um, so nitrogen is a softer gas than than carbon dioxide. It is makes up what seventy eighty percent of our the oxygen we breathe is nitrogen. Yeah. So what it does is it is a less harsh bubble that comes up. So most beers are gassed with CO2, and that's what makes the bubbles, or carb- carbon dioxide. Right. Having a nitro soft makes a lot of softer bubbles and creates that silky, smooth, creamy kind of mouthfeel from the beer just by changing the, just by changing the actual uh, gas that's used, which yeah. I, I thought right. that really interesting. I find it very interesting, too, and I really don't know what other beers use nitro. I know uh, Guinness does. Yeah, so I know this this one does. Guinness does. There's another beer out of England called Boddington's. It's yeah, actually Boddington's, a, yeah. a lighter ale that right. is um, put through. They have nitro cans in it. A lot of local breweries will have like a single, like a nitro tap that they'll take, usually a stout, right, and put it on nitro and have a nitro tap. Um, I think well, they're now E6, so I don't know if they do now. Um, but Rebel Kettle had a nitro tap for for their stout. Okay. Well, let's get into some of these pairings. Um, Remind me again, how, how'd you do the lamb shank? So I have, I've talked about it before. I have a sous vide machine uh, or immersion circulator that allows me to cook sous vide. So I vacuum sealed this lamb shank, actually from frozen, with garlic, fresh rosemary, fresh sage, and fresh oregano. And garlic, did I say garlic? Yes, yeah. you did. And then I let it go at 75 degrees Celsius or 167 degrees Fahrenheit for 24 hours. Oh, okay. So I vacuum sealed it up, let it go. Didn't put any other fat or anything else in it and just let it go for, it actually cooked for 28 hours, um, but it said 24 hours. And then I pulled it out and made a reduction of balsamic vinegar and uh, tomato paste. While it's cooking, can you smell it? Not that would, really. That would drive me crazy. You Twenty-eight actually, hours smelling something yeah. cooking. Yeah. It's it's funny. So you actually can, you actually can't smell it because it is under vacuum. Yeah. Now you'll smell it for a little bit just because of you preparing it and right. kind of the heat of it. But yeah, it's so fall apart, fall off the bone. Like I went to sear it, and as I was going to sear it, like the bone was coming out of it. It's so. So, raised yeah. and soft and delicious, but yeah, this is lamb shank with uh, balsamic vinegar. The um, I think the c- 
kind of the the game not gaminess but the richness of the lamb will go really well and the bite of that balsamic will cut through and the milk stout it's gonna kind of kind of wrap it up there's a lot of sweetness that i'm tasting mm-hmm. in this lamb shank that's that richness of the lamb mm. yeah, all, that's the, really good that is really good josh <laughs> and that sweetness that i was talking about and the sweetness of the creamy milk stout they're they're just pairing perfectly oh man yeah that is that is a whole lot better than i expected it to be i knew it was going to go well because lamb is you know rich and can stand up to things but man that but this is so tender it just melts in your mouth creaminess that creaminess and the espresso uh coffee milk you know just that that sweetness kind of wraps it up and kind of takes it out and you know i think if this beer wasn't on nitro it wouldn't be as good of a pair. I don't because know. Because that mouthfeel is so much of it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of adds so much to the beer. I'm actually going to take a taste of it with your with that, with your beer. That's probably a good idea. Just because I'm, I'm curious of the <laughs> Just the because you said it wouldn't go. Well, yeah. I'm curious of how the carbonation is going to affect it. So I'm getting a little caramel taste now. And I think it's the mixture of the lamb shank and the sauce you used. Yeah. But it's drawing that out with the with the beer and getting some caramel. Mm-hmm. That is really good. We can just stop right here. Guys. Yeah, I know. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> but no, that's a really good. If you can't find lamb shank. Yeah, it's hard it, to find it, this it can It can be kind of hard to find. Um, but going into the holidays, it may be a little bit easier to find. That's what I've heard. Easter and the holidays. Mm-hmm. You can find it. Um, but what you could use is you could actually use um, any type of like pork, I think would work really good. Or uh, oxtail. This is going to be rich and fatty. And do the same kind of like braising technique or even short rib. Right. Would be good. Short ribs would be really good with this, by the way. We got ribs over here. I know, but short ribs are different. Yeah, they are. Totally um, different. So so a little bit about left hand. So left hand brewing is out of Colorado. They actually, you know, we've talked a lot about nitro. They were they were kind of pioneers when it came to nitroing beer in the US. Um, they first did it with this beer, with their milk stout. So they decided to put it on nitro because they wanted that that big creamy mouthfeel, but also because it is um, it doesn't affect the flavor as much because nitrogen is a is a tasteless gas. Yeah, it's neutral. Mm-hmm. It's a very neutral gas, and it they just really like the smaller bubbles of it. How how have nitro has that smaller bubble, mm-hmm. and they actually won in 2011 Great American Beer Festival. They were is when they put it up there, they were kind of the first ones in America to really, really push it out there. Now they have a whole nitro program. They do a coffee stout. They do a chai. What was it? A chai tea stout. Oh, really? And they have one called Flaming, the Pink Flamingo, and it's like a fruited beer. Oh, it's almost nitro? like a fruited, and it's really good. It comes out pink. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. bubblegum pink. I'd be walking away, I think. It's actually, re- it's actually really good. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, well, you and, don't you know, like IPAs, and I don't, I'm not into the fruity beers. But it's, it's, that's the thing is it's not, like a fr- it's not like a fruity beer. It's a fruited beer. So, you know, you have the good beer flavor plus, the, plus that like extra creaminess from it. Yeah. Which is, which is really good. And like I said, you know, left hand is coming out of... Colorado. Did you say where in Colorado? Uh, they're in Fort Collins. Oh, okay. I think. Hold on, let me look. Oh, they're in Longmont. Longmont, okay. 
Yeah, so right outside Boulder. Um, and just like a lot of the Colorado breweries, they're very, they work really, really hard on sustainability and what they can do to lower their footprint as a brewing. I mean, we, a brewery, like we know Fat Tire is moved to where they're 100% wind power, right? You know, left hand is the same kind of way because they understand that water is their big, their main thing. So they need to take care of the, so they need to take care of the earth where the water comes from. And one of the things they do is, you know, they pay attention to what is going on. They have compact fluorescence in their entire brewery, Oh, you know, to kind of lower their footprint. Right. They've added solar. Okay. Which helps cut it out. And they also watch their water waste. Their water to beer ratio is, you know, 4.0. And normally um, it's about 4.4. So they're using less water to make their beer. Mm Mm-hmm. So it a actually, little less, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, they watch their, you know, they kind of watch their waste as well. So it's, it's a really cool, I have not had a bad beer from these guys. Oh, okay. Um, of the ones I, that I've had. Have you actually, have you visited Left Hand? No. I've visited New Belgium. Okay. And Flat Tire, but not this one. Well, cool. Let's go to the I, next pairing. I, I should have just swung by, you, you know. You should have. Because New Belgium's in uh, Fort Collins. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, switch to the next one. Uh, the next pairing is kind of a spicy uh, chicken uh, stir fry. So we've got some rice. We've got chicken, orange bell pepper, onion. And I marinated the chicken in soy sauce, a can, you know, or a jar, general sal sauce. And then I added some gojujang, which is a spicy bean paste from Korea that has like a spice and a funk to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this is going to be a, a sweet and a heat kind of pairing. So I hope. So sort of contrast. Mm-hmm. So the beer will kind of help calm down the spiciness, if it, if it is spicy. There is some heat in there. Just tried it. it um, come on late. It's on the, t- yeah. You're eating along, and then all of a sudden, boom, there it is on the front of your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's like, how'd it get in there? Yeah. But that nitro left hand, milk stout, just calms it down pretty well. Yeah, so it's a late heat. It's, it's still there, but, yeah, you know, smoothed it out a lot. And I love using gojujang um, in stuff because it gives it like, it gives heat, but it also gives kind of a little funky because it's a fermented bean paste. And just kind of gives this, for us as, you know, normal Americans who don't really eat that kind of stuff very often, uh, gives it kind of an extra depth that's not really there. It kind of adds a little bit of the umaminess to it. And you sauteed those onions? Yeah, so I stir-fried the onions and the bell pepper together and then took the chicken out of the marinade, um, cooked it in the wok, and then threw the onions and the peppers back in, back into the wok and continued to stir-fry it up. Oh, and there's some orange. That's right. In the marinade, there's some, I put some orange juice in there. I don't sense that. I sense the heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that was, that was the reason. You the know, heat's not overpowering, but it's there. Yeah. Definitely there. I really wanted kind of some of that citrus to kind of, and that sweet citrus to kind of come through. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. bit. No, that's, it's a contrasting pairing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one was just melding together pairing. So, so it's hard to say which pairing was better because <laughs> they're different. Right. It's like, you know, the other night at uh, West End Cigars, you know, it's like, which cocktail is the best? You know, we asked Aaron that and it's like, they're so different. It's like hard to pick. Mm-hmm. So same thing. Now, I'm wondering about these cookies, because the cookies are going to be a sweet on sweet, I think. Yeah, but there's, you'll see when we get to the cookie. But so for me, with this pairing, I'm actually getting a little bit more of the bitterness mm. from the stout 
mm-hmm. like the the sweet and the sugar is taking you know takes put you know help calm down that heat and what's left from the beer is a lot of the kind of those bitter roasty espresso dark chocolate bittery kind of notes did you find the I, ibus on it um the ibu on it is see i never 25 found okay so there's not i never found it on on my beer but you know 25 is not much bitter at all no i mean that's of course that's not but lie right yeah i mean in a, in a craft made beer i don't know if i've ever seen a lower ibu than like maybe 18 or 20 so yeah 25 is pretty low yeah you're right we're down there at the at the kind of bottom bottom of it that heat's still there, Josh. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it lingers, but it's good. Like it's a gentle. It's not overpowering. No, it's not like I have to run and eat some bread or something <laughs> and get some peanut butter. Right. Uh, so, but one of the things is why, kind of why I take you know pairing pretty seriously is I think if you were to put an IPA or even a pale ale or something like that that's more bitter, right? It's going to kick up that heat. And not, would. and not be as pleasurable. That's my experience as well. Whereas it, this kind of calms it down. The same like, you know, I probably even, I don't I mean, I wouldn't want a red wine with this or, you know, a really um, alcohol forward cocktail. No. Because I know that those are going to push it up. And I think. Right. I think it, you're right. You know, as we're talking about this, it's really important to start thinking, you know, you know, we're not just, we're not just randomly picking these things. You know, yeah. we actually are taking the time to think about it and why, you know, why is it important? So I think a Pinot Gris or, you know. Yeah, a Riesling would be good with this or a Gehertzmuller. A, a non-sweet Riesling, yes. Mm-hmm. But they have that little bit of that residual sugar to or help. Non-oaky Chardonnay. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think an oak, I didn't, I don't think an oak Chardonnay or even like a Chablis or an un-oak Chardonnay would, would work because there's too much acid and the acid uh, would accentuate right. the heat. I, yeah, I didn't think about that when I said it. Yeah, so. Uh, just to touch, we'll touch on this beer a little bit and then we'll move on to the cookies, dad. Don't worry. Mm. We're, we're going to make it to the cookies. So like I said, this is a, the IBUs on this is 2.5. The ABV is six, it's 6%. So it's, you know, easy. You said 2.5, you meant. 20. I'm 20, sorry, 25. And what's, what's the alcohol? Uh, six, six percent. Oh, okay. So a very, yeah. you know. It's higher than I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, that's probably part of that nitro. Yeah. That nitro smooths it out and you yeah. don't really. You don't sense it in the smell or anything. Yeah. And, you know, and left this foam and creaminess is just sticking right with it. Yeah. That's the other thing about nitro. You know, you'll get the kind yeah, of the sheeting, the sheeting down the glass. Um, so they say with this beer that you want to enjoy it around 50 to 55 degrees. So this is a, a beer that does well yeah. when it warms up. We talked about that a little bit when it in the barrel aged out podcast that Jordan and I did, how. Right. A lot of stouts are meant to be drank a little bit warmer. And they, you know, they talk about with their nitro beers, you know, don't be gentle with it. Just turn it out and pour it because that's what you're supposed to do with it. Okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's get into these cookies. All right. What are they? So chocolate. they are salted chocolate oatmeal cookies. So this is a recipe I got from my friend Jordan. They, you know, kind of have a standard cookie start, but you add in oatmeal. Yeah. Chocolate chips. And then when you roll them and form them, and you put them on the tray, you put salt. You put sea salt on the top of these. Okay. So as they cook, 
you know, the salt will, a lot of times if you use good salt, it actually won't melt. So it'll stay there. So as you're biting yeah, it. I see you, it. I see it on top a, of the cookie. You get a good, you get a good pop of salt, which I think the chocolate plus that salt, that salt to kind of cut through the chocolate and chocolate is going to be really good. But the well, cookie's definitely very good. We'll have to see. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the beer does. I think it'll stand up to it. So I got a lot of salt taste mm-hmm. with the cookie. Mm-hmm. That was a little surprising, but I could see it on there. And then, you know, the the chocolate of the beer and the chocolate in the cookie, I mean, they're, so, they're so good together. so damn good. Yeah. This, if you, have, if you have ever made cookies in your entire life, and you know the point in cookie when you're, when you're making cookies that you have creamed the butter with brown sugar, put in your egg, and it's before you put in the, like, you put that just first little bit of flour into it. That's what it tastes like to me. Like, it took me back to making Christmas cookies with mom. Oh, when yeah. I would snag a little bit of the, of the, you know, the raw egg, butter, and, and sugar. And it's so stinking good. And they're yeah. pretty good sized chunks of the chocolate, too. Yeah. The oatmeal, like, the oatmeal really lightens the cookie. Because mm-hmm. like, when you see them, they're like kind of, they look really dense, but there's a lot of oatmeal in there. And it actually kind of lightens up the cookie when you're eating it. We'll just throw my Oreos oh, away so and we'll just good. stay with these cookies. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> don't throw the mega stuff Oreos away. Well, that'll just be a travesty. That is, that's so good. And the salt, that salinity brightening everything up. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, lamb shank, sweet on sweet pairing, the chicken sauteed and the spicy, that was a contrasting pairing. And it, that heat really kicked it up. And then we got the cookies. How in the world am I going to pick which one best? Easy. Oh, it's the cookie. <laughs> would you would you say <laughs> it's that? the cookie? <laughs> well, to me, it's the cookie. <laughs> well, I think you're right, but you know, if you planned a full meal mm-hmm. and you had that lamb and you had vegetables or whatever, you know, you had your your potatoes that came with it because that's you know the Irish yeah. food that that lamb and this beer. They're perfect. I think this beer and this lamb would be better even than Guinness. I, I think so too. Yeah, shepherd's pie. Like I, I almost paid. I thought about making shepherd's pie, but I didn't have ground. Well, lamb. we don't have shepherd's pie, but we do have steak and stout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pie, and we'll see Trader Joe's. So I, I don't. Oh, it's I don't good. Know anything about it? It's good. We had it on our barrel aged barrel aged stout podcast. That's what I remember. I'm running low. On the beer. Yeah, I, I finished and mine, so. I got um, another bite of cookie first. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, once again, you know, I think Left Hand is a great a great company. I'm super excited that they're here in Arkansas. They also do a non-nitro version of this that they sell, which is still really, really good. Oh, the same wanna, beer? Mm-hmm. The I don't want to downplay stout? it. Yeah. Mm, nitro. They also do a chocolate milk stout, mm-hmm. like a chocolate milk stout, where they add, actually, I think they add chocolate to it. But it's, it's really good. So anything else before we uh, switch over? Well, what other, did you find anything else in your research about milk stout? No, just, you know, they used to think, uh, you know, brewers would say in the, uh, <laughs> in the World War II area, or the World War II era and before, that, oh, milk stouts, you know, we're, uh, we're healthy for you because uh, we've got the sugar, we've got the milk lactose in there. So, you know, you're, you're getting your milk. <laughs> well... Uh, funny thing you mentioned that, because one of the things I found 
was in the 19th century, and it didn't give a date, but it was 19th century, so, you know, 18-whatever Right, is when it started. The laborers, the blue-collar workers, and this is from England or Scotland or wherever, they would go to the bar right after work because they're, you know, they're thirsty and they're tired and they're whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'd order that order. And maybe they ordered a stout, but they'd pour some milk in the glass with their beer. Really? For the nutrition. Oh. I'd never heard that, but I can kind of understand what they were doing. Right. And that would really make a, a porter a much creamier tasting beer. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of where the brewers got the idea of, oh, let's, uh, let's see what we can do Well, here. I think that's what happened. And that's at least in my research. That was pretty much the way it got started mm-hmm. to make milk stouts. Now, it wasn't a porter, I'm not sure. But get that lactose sugar in there. It kind of beefs it up. The other thing I found in the research, Josh. What? Lactating mothers mm-hmm. were told to drink beer. Okay. And at first, they were over there drinking Guinness, and then they found, well, if they drank a milk stout, that was supposed to help with the production. <laughs> the milk production. Somewhere in my notes here, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a chemical reaction between the hops and, not the hop, but the barley and the milk sugars to cause a reaction to help the women hmm. make. Wow. Now. I also found in my research, some woman said, well, I'm going to try this. (laughs) And she tried it, and she gave up on it. Definitely Uh, don't want to drink a whole whole lot of this. You know, there is the whole alcohol transfer to that. That's right. That happens. Well, (laughs) she was was trying it, and she has statistics about how much she was making and all this, but that's kind of over the top, and we're kind of off the... (laughs) Maybe off the point here. But Duck Rabbit, I'm not sure I'd ever had it until... I I don't think you'd had. Until you mentioned it when I was in North Carolina. Yeah. So some of the history is that the man's name is Phil Philippon. He was happy. He was pursuing his life career as a philosophy teacher. But in the back of his mind, he was getting getting these calls because he was a home brewer. He was getting these calls to make his hobby his work. Okay. So in 1987, he decided he can't keep listening to this in his brain without doing something. Yeah. So he started started the Duck Rabbit. Have you ever noticed on the bottle and on the can, or on the cap, Yep. if you look at the logo one way, looks like a rabbit. If you look at the logo slightly different, it looks like a duck. Yep. He used that in his philosophy class as an example of, you know, you've seen all these pictures of what do you see? Do you see the witch or do you see the pretty girl? Right. And that he was using that kind of thing as well. So he opened the brewery and his first beer came out August of 2004. Wow. So this has not been going on for that long. Yeah. So I found that. Very interesting. Yeah, so talking about the duck and the rabbit, the duck-rabbit drawing, you know there's a kid's book called Duck-Rabbit, I believe, and it's the same kind of thing. Is it a duck? Is it a rabbit? And depending on, you know, how the illustrator has drawn it, on the page it kind of says, you know, the duck, you know, the duck is swimming in the pond. 
the rabbit is whatever. And it's a really, it's a really funny book. But I had this beer for the first time when I was in South Carolina. Um, it was fall break 2011. I'd driven out to Charleston, South Carolina because I wanted to go out to, out to Charleston. Uh, I met a couple people along the way. I was sitting at the bar at Husk Restaurant. So not in Huck, Husk's, the Huck Restaurant itself. But they have a bar that's like next door and kind of like up on top yeah, of okay. what's like a carriage house. Because the, the restaurant is in like an old plantation style house. I ordered. So I actually lied earlier. The, the left hand wasn't my first. Duck Rabbit was my first ever milk stout. I remember ordering this beer and taking a sip of it and was like, oh my goodness. I didn't think stouts could be any better. And then I tried this beer and I was absolutely blown away by it. Yeah, so many stouts are very bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And and these two are not, and there's a long list of other milk stouts. Right. This was a this was a good choice and yours was a good choice. So in two thousand and six, the Duck Rabbit Milk Stout won an award for the for the sweet stout. And then it won another award in 2010, and it won another award in 2016. So it's an award winner. Yeah. And they've only been in business since 2004. Right. You know, I don't know if you saw this in your research, but something else I really love about Duck Rabbit is they are dark beer specialists. That's right. I did see that. Oh, my gosh. It made me so happy the first time I looked into him. And I think, like, the lightest beer that they have is, like, a nut brown. Or at least this this was a couple of years ago, so they may have expanded. But it was only it was only a nut brown like that was as light as they went, and that made me so happy as a dark beer person saying, "Okay, they're sticking to what they know, and they're doing it so so well." Well, they do have an amber ale. They do have the brown ale. They have a hoppy bunny ABA. They have a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know what a barley wine is? Uh, I know they're very high in alcohol. That's right. That's why they get the name wine. So you're you're making a beer, and normally your beer is going to be five, seven, six. Maybe you push it all the way to eight. But the barley wine is up in there in the same range as wine. This particular one that's on their website is 11%. There's wines out there that are maybe that low. Right. Oh, no, there are definitely wines out there that are that low and lower. Yeah. But so, like, so they've added, I'm looking at their website now. They've added several. They've added several since the last time I looked at it. But when I originally looked at it, they had their porter, the milk stout, their imperial milk stout, the brown ale, and the, uh, they would do their, they showed that they did their uh, doppelbach. Okay. Yeah. But, and, you know, it looks like they've added some seasonal rotators. I'm excited to see that they've got a Mars in. I just, wish we could get it here so arkansas distributors please try and get duck rabbit to come i know the farthest that they currently just dist- i think last i knew the farthest they currently distribute is nashville um far west that they do they do okay. go down into an atlanta area but i think closest to us it's nashville so i have my friend dave sometimes i'll have him bring maybe me. he'll bring you some huh? <laughs> i've asked him a couple times to bring me some and he's he's done it before but i think it'd be really cool to try some of their other stuff so what we got for your pairings dad well, before you do that, what are you getting on the nose? It to me, it's a lot lighter nose beer than than yeah. tan. You know, there's definitely some like roastiness. 
There's some, uh, there's some definitely like still that sweet kind of chocolatey smell. It's a little bit more caramely. Yeah. So I get, I'm, I get sort of a, like I said, it's really low smell, but you get that black coffee smell. You can get that black coffee smell with probably any stout. Yeah. Because maybe they're using a black coffee type malt, or you can get that chocolate smell because they're probably using a chocolate malt. Yeah. But I do get a little bit of caramel as we, as our beers warmed up. Seems like some of those things get more floral. Yeah. Floral. Yeah, definitely. There's some, there's more floral in this beer than the milk, the left hand. So they're both, both these beers are, are, very balanced. Mm-hmm. So, what were you saying about the pairings? What pairings so, do we have? Uh, yeah, what do you what do we have for your pairings again? Well, we have my Kansas City style ribs, and we have Trader Joe's uh, steak and stout pie, which I've never had, but you had. Mm-hmm. And then we got these big old Oreos. Yeah. So, I'd recommend we just dive right into one of those ribs. All right. Well, let's start. Let's start out with the ribs. You know. <laughs> Like we mentioned last week, we were on the straight cut, and Aaron, who is who's their host, that was there, was talking about Kansas City ribs, and I kept thinking, man, we need to take him some ribs. Yeah, because it's not a style you find here in Arkansas. But we're out, <laughs> almost. But we're out. Well, we'll just have to cook some more. Yeah, we do have holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm retired. Every day's a holiday. Yeah, for you. <laughs> All right. You know what that rib tastes like? It's got some good char on it. Mm-hmm. It's got the Kansas City rub on it. It's not too spicy. Not really. You know, it's very balanced. The fat of those ribs just wa- like wash away so much of that bitterness on the beer and just like rounded it out, lifted it up. Like, you know, I've, I, I kind of talk sometimes in like musical, in kind of musical terms. You know, this, the beer itself was kind of low, um, but that, the, the fat of the rib the meat itself, the the spices and everything kind of lifted the beer up and rounded it out where it just it feels really big and really rich and delicious. So it's really not it's really not that bitter. Mm-mm. Both of both of these beers are not not very bitter. But that char that's on the rib and that so there's a there's a malt that they call black or burnt malt. Yeah. And so I'd say there's a little bit of that in any stout. And it's so it's whatever the formula is, I think they're they're tasting each other. At least I am. And then that smoothness of the it's mm-hmm. not nitro, but it's still it's still about as smooth. Yeah. But one thing that I noticed that happened is that bottom of our glasses of the left hand still have foam in them. <laughs> yeah. And all the foam is gone out of this beer. Mm-hmm. And so it's not meant to be a high foamy beer, but if they put nitro on it maybe it maybe it would that would be interesting to taste this beer on nitro so how's that do you still eating that rib yeah i'm gonna take another taste so i think you know it's the beer is kind of reminding me of like really good espresso mm-hmm. you know that rich slightly bitter chocolate uh-huh and i just think the fat in this beer work so well together because mm-hmm. it's just that richness brings that kind of rich mouthfeel coating feeling that's not there in the beer itself. No. So I'm going to, so while you uh, kind of tell us a little bit more, I'm going to move on. Tell, um, did you have this beer when you were traveling or did you just pick it up and bring it home? No, I drank six pack. <laughs> <laughs> Brought a six pack home. Yeah. Um, 
No, it. You didn't go. You didn't go to the brewery, though, did you? No, no. So the brewery is in. Let me look this up. It's a little bitty town called uh, Farmville. Computer's being slow, but I, I, I'm kind of envious of this this fellow. You know, to start to start a brewery, and having been a teacher in philosophy and a home brewer, you know, he's kind of he's probably living the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Farmville. They're out of Farmville, North Carolina. So I didn't look up where that is, but, you know, it's a small town. That's what he wanted to do. Well, you know, speaking of thinking of why, you know, the ribs and stuff work, you know, North Carolina has a big barbecue culture, too. So it feels like it. I know it's a different style of barbecue. It's a totally different style. I'm not sure if they're mustard style or or vinegar style. Uh, Eastern, you know, Western Carolina. But they're not Gates style. Well, of course. (laughs) Right. Of course not. I think they're more whole hog. Yeah. Um, but Eastern Carolina may be. And I didn't find out uh, how many, you know, how many barrels of beer they make. I mean, they're small. And I really, you know, I really like the duck rabbit. I, yeah, the logo The logo is great. It is great. So you're jumping into that yeah. stew. Yeah, so the steak, and kit, the steak and stout pie has really big chunks of steak in it. It's also got potato and kind of like a red like a like a tomato style like mm-hmm. gravy sauce in it mm-hmm. and it has that richness that you're like kind of looking for a really homey delicious taste and it works really well with the beer you know it kind of kind of makes the beer a little bit more linear um so it's kind of running straight through but you still get like it brings out i think it brings out a little bit more of the milky chocolatey side of the beer rather than just the uh, kind of the bitterness like the, the rib did. Yeah. On, on the website, it says, uh, talks about the people. And right at the top, they're talking about the owner, right? Paul. Yeah. Philip on the founder. Most likely to fall asleep in his lasagna. <laughs> how would you like <laughs> How would you like that? <laughs> I'm the boss, and they put that on the website. I, I well, I'm sure he approved it. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he ever looked at the website. <laughs> Maybe it's just what he know, what he knows about him. Yeah, well, could be. Now the uh, there was a little bit of saltiness in the in this pie, you know, and that's one of the things we found when we were in uh, London or England. There's a lot of places you go into the pub, and they'll have three special pies mm-hmm. paired with three different beers, or you can just order your one beer. Yeah. call it good <laughs> yeah i mean pies are definitely underrated here in the in the u.s savory pies with this kind of you know water hot water crust pastry it's really good i love i love this steak and kit steak and stout pie from from trader joe's we've talked about it before you take it from frozen right 45 50 minutes right and it's ready to eat, and it's super good and very very filling it seems a little salty you know not too bad but i mean there's some salt in there well yeah I think, you know, it's but it's balanced. It it doesn't taste to me it doesn't taste salt. No. I just taste it, you know. Mm. I don't know. Both these beers are pretty stellar stuff. Yeah. It's too bad we can't get this uh duck rabbit here in Arkansas. Yeah. You know, I kinda toyed you know, telling you not to use the duck rabbit because it is hard to find, but man, it is such a good beer. Yeah. So both those paired good. Mm-hmm. So the reason I picked the Oreo cookies, it'll sound silly maybe. Oreo cookies and milk. Is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking 
the Oreo cookies and a milk stout would be really good. Should we dunk them? Well, you could if you wanted to. You know, one of the things I thought about pairing, too, and I've, I've had this before, is a Guinness float. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought about doing that with this, but then I thought, man, how, how messy is that going to be? How's that going to work? <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to eat that one first. Yeah. And the way I eat a Oreo, so take the one top off. Take the top off? Yeah. What are you talking about? He's eating Oreo. <laughs> so so that, that lid's real chocolatey. Oh, yeah. So that, that goes well with this chocolate in the duck rabbit. Why did you get the mega stuff? I love the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thicker, the better. <laughs> well, and the regular cookies, the filling has got so small, and then they made double stuffs, and the filling of the double stuffs is about like the old regular ones were. Yeah, and these are about the double and stuff. The, and the mega are about like the double stuffs, maybe a little more. Yeah. How'd that pair? You know, it's, it's, real, it's good, but, you know... Uh, you know, it's kind of to me. It brings out a little bit more of the bitterness mm. of the beer, which is not a bad thing. When I'm eating something sweet, I kind of like that bitter to let my mouth water. But I'm gonna dunk it. Hmm. Oh, you're gonna dunk it? Oh yeah, totally dunking it. And I am a leave it as is dunker. You don't need to take off anything or do something else when you dunk. But that works well. It does. But I'd have to say that steak and stout pie, maybe the best pairing here. You know, I think so too. You know, I think they both, the beer and the food themselves, like both kind of changed mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the pairing. Whereas, you know, the ribs stay the same because the rib is the rib is the rib. Sorry, Jordan. Your <laughs> cookies are better. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Nabisco. Well, not sorry. Right. So we're coming up on a blind, I think. Yep. Anything else you want to say about your beer before we move on to the blind? No, that's fine. Yeah, this was, it was really good. All right. Well, these uh, are two really good beers, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, Arkansas, you can't get the duck rabbit. But if you go through North Carolina or South Carolina, wherever they distribute, yeah, or if and I in, didn't see that on the website, where yeah. Go. So if you're in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Ohio, or Eastern Tennessee, like Nashville, yeah, Nashville, and then. Um, kind of Knoxville and quite a bit of the okay. quite a bit of Eastern Carolina. Um, you'll be able to find this beer and it's really good. If you can't find it, just gra- find a milk stout uh, from one of your local brewers or another one and, you know, give this stuff a taste. Well, there's a long list of, of milk stouts too. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few of them out there now, but we'll uh, find, find a good one that you like to go with this stuff and you know it'll be an interesting pairing as well and let us know shout out to us on the show shows don't i don't know if they i don't know that they make one no here in little rock lost 40 makes a milk stout it's the forest queen that's um, right but right now they put out the smorest queen because <laughs> they add like graham cracker vanilla and chocolate to the beer to give it kind of a s'more flavor the one i put up on instagram Last week, the Magic, Magic Marshmallow was a milk stout from Tin Roof Brewing, but it has, uh, it's a cereal milk stout, so they use lactose and cereal grain. Can we get Madagascar Four Hands? Uh, I've had that one, and I don't, I don't think know so. that I've from, had it here. Four Hand Brewing? Yeah. I don't think so. 
I don't think Four Hands is sold here in Arkansas. Anyway, if you can Sto- find that Stone, one, get Stone that one too. One. Yeah, Stones has uh, Stone Brewing has one that has like Mexican chocolate in it. But there's a lot of really good ones out there. So uh, check it out, and you know, go to your local brewery and ask them yeah. if they're making a milk stout or a cream stout. That's right. So, all right. Well, uh, you ready to do the blind? Yeah. Okay. We'll get it poured up. All right. All right, Dad. Here's your blind. What are you using as your uh, kind of guide this time? I'm using the deductive beer tasting method, and I have a tasting grid. So I'm gonna try to go through that. All right. You're up. All right. So first thing that's up is the uh, color. So it's sort of a straw color. Got a little haze to it. It's not clear. I mean, I could try to read read through it. Nope, can't read through it. Um, is there sediment? I really don't see any sediment. There's some good good head on it, you know. Kind of a good head resistance to it. Kind of lasts. So it's a little, like I said, a little hazy. Medium on the board. Let's move down to the aroma. Well, I've got some good aroma there. Some good sweetness. Um, don't really get any coffee or any nuts. And I did say it was straw colored, so it's not <laughs> it's not a milk stout, guys. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a little taste, Josh, and see what happens there. A little sweetness. Acidity is probably uh, medium, medium plus. Acidity, same thing. I don't get any saltiness out of it. Mouthfeel. You know, it's a pretty good mouthfeel. So, it's not nitrogen. <laughs> kind of fullness. Lingering characteristics. Not sure what that means, Josh. Lingering that characteristics. Means, it means like after you take your taste and you swallow, what what's is there anything that's hanging around as oh, you're yeah, tasting? Okay. It? it lingers a little bit, but it doesn't last forever. So the finish now lingering and finish are pretty close to the same thing right so So. lingering lingering means what flavors Mm -hmm. finish is how long does stuff hang around so i would say that the finish is medium to long alcohol i think this is regular alcohol i think it's uh you know five to six somewhere in there freshness uh, it's pretty fresh beer. Yeah. Hmm. Getting down to the end of the sheet. So, the ABVs, you know, like I said, about five, six. I don't think it's seven. So, hmm. So, what is it? What are you tasting? What does it kind of remind you of? It's kind of got that uh, barnyard, little barnyard to it. Okay. A little sweetness to it. Got a little straw, straw flavor to it. Um, not a whole lot of, not a lot of floral to it. Okay. So, unpleasant, no. Got a really, it's got a good flavor. There's not a whole lot of hops to it. I don't think it's a real hopped up beer. Okay. So, it's, you, it's a grain, grain yeah, based. It's grain based, yeah, it's not hop based. Medium alcohol. Straw colored. I'm maybe you snuck a s- tank seven in here, Josh. Is that what you think it is? I think that's what it is. 
All right. So you're thinking it's a farmhouse style ale uh, from America, from the Boulevard Brewery, and it's the Tank 7 beer. So you'll have to come back next week and find out what it actually was. All right. So, Dad, what are we going to do next week? We're going to do some liquors. I'm going to do uh, the Botanist Gin. What are you going to do, Josh? So we're going to be doing gins. Oh, you're going to do a gin too. Okay. Yep. Uh, The Botanist price point, I think, is about 40. But you know what? The bottle's beautiful. My wife loves Botanist. She drinks other gins as well. If you find those string lights, you can put those string lights down in that Botanist bottle, and it's beautiful at night. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Ryan, I'm going to be doing a uh, local gin, but a style of gin that you can buy all over the U.S. I'm going to be doing the Rocktown Barrel-Aged Gin. So kind of oh. a little, an extra twist on um, gin itself. So uh, Barrel-Aged Gin, if you, can't, if you can't find Rocktown Barrel-Aged Gin, uh, find any other Barrel-Aged Gin will do. Okay. Rocktown's here in Little Rock. I've not had that Barrel-Aged Gin, but I suspect it's pretty good. Yeah, so... Well, all right. Well, we thanks for joining us on another episode of Acquired Tastings. Remember to go find us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a follow if you like us. Uh, also, drop in a rating. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. We're on Twitter at Acquired Tasting, and we're on Facebook, Acquired Tasting. So we look forward to interacting with you guys. You know, give us a listen over at The Straight Cut. And if you like those guys, give them a follow as well. Uh, they're also on Instagram at The Straight Cut. They're a really fun podcast. They talk all about a whole lot of different stuff um, while they're smoking their cigars. And they're big music guys, too. So if you like music, definitely check them out. Okay, I'm John Mills. And I'm Josh Mills, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, and goodbye. Bye.